Hello everyone, welcome to Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman London, where we explore how technology is impacting the way we communicate, our relationships with brands and each other, and society. And today we are here to talk about RISE, which was a big event that just took place recently in Hong Kong. And to discuss that, um, we've got a, a attendee to RISE, Justin Westcott, our Managing Director of London Tech. Justin, hello. Hey, good to be here again. Thanks for, uh, I think you now hold the record of having the most appearances on Sideload after episode five, which is Wow, great. Yeah. there we go. Got five in. Back by popular demand. <laughs> um, so can you give us um, just a quick overview of what is Rise sure. and, and you know, what you what got out of it? Yeah, so Rise is a, a, an offset of the, um, uh, the event Web Summit, really, in Europe, which um, in just a short space of time, in six years, has gone to, be, to become the premier uh, technology event in Europe, um, attracting you know, thousands of people and startups and investors. And last year was housed in Lisbon. Uh, Rise is their sort of Asian offset to this, um, kind of, I think, about two or three years um, into its existence. And I was very much attracted to sort of go over there and really start to open my eyes up to what was happening in that part of the world. Um, it's hard, I think, to ignore China. And certainly, um, as I've come back from Rise, I think that window of opportunity to ignore China has well and truly closed. And so who who, uh, who attends Rise? Who's, who's walking the halls and attending a lot of these sessions? Yeah, I mean, it was seriously busy. Um, there were thousands of people there, uh, and all make up of the extended community in technology. So everything from the VCs, invest- investors, and banks, uh, startups and scale-ups in various sizes, um, mature Asian businesses, the Tencents, the Alibabas were there in force, uh, the Amazon Web Services, again, uh, they're selling their cloud services and talk, talking to the Asian audience, as well as media, um, and a fair few uh, flacks like ourselves walking around uh, looking for potential business, as well as hopefully trying to find out a bit more about what's going on in that part of the world. So it sounds like a lot of uh, players uh, we've come up against and we, we meet now usual travels. Um, but was the conversation very different to what we might hear here in London or around the world? And um, if different, like in what, in what ways? No, I mean, it was very similar in the, um, and I think I've said this before, I mean, the beauty with technology is that it's a global language, um, obviously um, interpreted in different ways. Um, however, um, having if I compare it to Web Summit this year, where Web Summit, if I'm honest with you, I came away perhaps a little bit downbeat. You know, the technology industry was putting out tons of really big questions uh, around you know, its you know, the ethics, you know, job loss, automation, and unable to find any answers. I, I came away from Web Summit a little bit depressed, if I'm honest with you. Right. I come back from Rise, quite the opposite. The energy and the abundance of positivity in technology and what it's doing for their society as well as the confidence for um, Chinese uh, in particular businesses to go global uh, was really really exciting. So Justin after um, speaking with all these people attending all these sessions what were um, some of the key takeaways uh, for you? The, I mean, the future is China. Um, ignore it at your peril. The window, as I said earlier, has well and truly closed. Um, some great talks, in particular by the, the founder of Crunchbase, who really sort of dug into the the China trend in tech, um, which I put, you know, it's kind of things you, you pay attention to, but perhaps not as deeply as perhaps one should. Um, and in particular, the just the rapid um, increase in investment in 
technology companies coming out of uh, China and Southeast Asia. There's more VC money going into Chinese technology companies uh, than going into Silicon Valley technology companies. Uh, it crossed over for the first time last year, and it didn't just cross over by a small margin, it crossed over by a considerable amount of money. There's a ton of wealth flooding in to fund these ideas, fund these businesses and help scale them, uh, which is really exciting. Um, China is now producing, whether you like the term or not, more unicorns uh, than anywhere else in the world, uh, and that is trending in one direction, while it's trending down uh, in the US and other marketplaces. Um, and it just seems to be a bit of a perfect storm at the moment of uh, you know an opening up in a slightly more liberal society, a um, you know, years of great investment in education, uh, in essence, um, to perhaps uh, fulfil the jobs that American technology companies didn't want to do. Um, and much like India, they've invested aggressively in uh, strong STEM education uh, and are producing, you know, manufacturing, um, uh, highly educated, talented um, graduates um, at a rate that far exceeds you know, probably the US and Europe combined. Um, that says it all. From, from my perspective, um, extremely entrepreneurial society, uh, particularly Hong Kong, where it's housed. Um, obviously, Hong Kong isn't really China. I still, you know, you know especially if you speak to a Hong Kong, <laughs> Hong Kong sure, person. Sure. Uh, but the reality is, it, it is the gateway, um, and it, importantly, the mouthpiece uh, for China. Uh, and the energy there is real, really palp palpable. I mean, it, it's it's um, intense. That's all about the opportunity and a lot of the, the positives to be gained from um, from entering the Asian market. Was there much discussion about the challenges and considerations that needs to be made when looking at um, China and, and, and Asia more broadly? I mean, it's an extremely diverse region. The, the population is you know, second to none. Like, anything around that? Yeah, here, I mean, I think uh, there continues to be questions around its ability to continue to grow as it has done. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that one of the startling uh, points um, that I took away from one of the sessions was to sort of continue to deliver on its growth projections. You know, China has to create a million new jobs every month. Um, wow. I mean, that just is a, you know, a, a mind-blowing figure when you're kind of sat in London. Um, but the reality of the growth and the, the rapid rise of the middle class in China... Um, is phenomenal, and at the moment it's showing very little signs, yeah, you know, albeit on the data we receive um, of that in any way slowing down. Um, but for sure, I mean, I think the, the opportunity for uh, Western companies going to China remains. Um, as we know, uh, as an audience, the Chinese are very, um, um, very willing to embrace uh, Western brands that has a, you know, a very strong perceived value of quality and a to pay more for it um, but for me I think the excitement really was more about China out uh, I think um, as I said to the team when I came back I'd be surprised if in 10 years time some of our biggest clients are not Chinese uh, technology companies as opposed to today uh, where we're largely supporting you know, American headquartered technology companies uh, to do communications in Europe um, and that for me excites me I mean I think there's a lot of change coming um, and it would be a miss for us to not pay closer attention to China. Um, I've told my team, I've, I've come back, we all need to be reading the um, South China Morning Post as part of our, our, our weekly read. Um, again, um, a great session with the um, South China Morning Post at Rise uh, with the co-founder of Alibaba. Um, and 
again, we might not have paid as much attention to this, but Alibaba recently bought the South China Morning Post, um, the Hong Kong publication that is, you know, free liberal media um, reporting on China in English language. Um, some people ask why. They're very clear. You know, they need a a, a liberal Western type media to be the mouthpiece to China. So their potential Western investors and Western customers better understand what's going in China. Um, and I think that's quite smart. Really interesting. So we're just going to pause right there, uh, and um, as we do on Sidelo, just take a listen back to what happened on the uh, previous episode, which was all about Cam. So there was this real tension point in the jury at one point around what are we there to award and celebrate? And I also think it's interesting that, you know, despite the sort of analog ideas doing so well in the PR category and across the board, the technology brands and the media platforms, again, were there in force. And a lot of people have commented that actually some of the great programming was outside the palais and was actually put on by a lot of these major technology companies and brands along the beachfront. You know, that, that's where a lot of people gravitated towards to see great content. So I don't think that, you know, despite my comments about the beautiful analog ideas, the tech, the tech players are there at Cannes disrupting the creative celebration, that's for sure. So welcome back to Sideload. We are talking about Rise with um, Justin Westcott, who has just returned from Hong Kong to throw down some knowledge about what's happening uh, in that part of the world. Um, Justin, before the break, we were talking about growth uh, and the opportunity for growth. But I think one of the main points is that it's a different type of growth that we would see in um, Western cultures, um, societies, and you know, considerations that businesses need to make. One of the points that you made um, back was that you know, there's a, a leapfrogging of technology such as credit cards and innovations are happening um, sometimes quicker or in different directions. Can, can you talk more about that? Yeah, sure. I, I think for a, yeah, a number of years now, maybe China um, as, a, as a sort of a brand when it comes to technology has not necessarily been synonymous with innovation and quality. Um, fact you know very much uh, seen uh, as perhaps uh, cloning technology and copying um, and you know limited level of IP development I come back from rise completely convinced that's now shifted um, of course that because of the scale they're still able to sort of produce things at scale very very quickly however um, there's a ton of amazing leading edge innovation coming out of China now um, you know I would I would argue they are probably leading the way in fintech um, in particular um, probably around payments, microloans, uh, and, and such like, as you mentioned earlier, um, they really kind of missed out on the kind of the 80s, 90s credit card culture. And in essence, um, you know, credit cards have really never taken hold. Um, it's leapt as a society straight from cash to mobile. Um, and just by that sort of nature, you know, you're quickly scaling these services. Uh, there's a high degree of trust in mobile applications and services for things like finance and important things like health, um, which is leading to um, a great level of innovation on those kind of platforms. A staggering statistic that I think um, Alipay, for example, processed 85 billion 
mobile transactions over Chinese New Year this year wow. with the whole uh, culture around um, red envelopes and sharing, for example. That's just a staggering amount of number. That's probably more transactions that happen in a year in America <laughs> for some of these companies. You know, that scale, that data is all uh, information that they can continue to innovate and, and develop with. Uh, and evidently seeing similar things with kind of microloans and um, where there's traditionally been a culture that's very hard to get money out of banks, increasingly social um, uh, type platforms enabling it very easy for people to share and exchange money and back other people, which is very interesting. So one of the things we like to talk about on Sideload is how technology is impacting the way we communicate and also culture. And you were speaking um, with me earlier, uh, you know, before we started recording about impact of social media and the proliferation of those platforms and how that came from specific cultural nuances, uh, particularly in China. Can you, can you talk more about that and just the considerations that need to be taken? Yeah, I, mean, I think, um, again, it's very easy for us uh, externally looking into China to perhaps um, question some of the things you come out. Um, in particular, uh, the huge appeal of live streaming. Um, you know, technology we've seen over here to a degree, but in China it's at a scale like you would not believe, um, to the point where, you know, hundreds or thousands of people will tune in to watch someone eat their dinner, um, which uh, to us may seem unusual and culturally a little bit weird. Um, however, in conversations with um, some of the investors I met with and a couple of other founders, they, they kept talking about how the um, single child policy in China has been one of the, the sort of main drivers for some of these technologies um, right. to take hold. In particular, social um, in China is really for that. You know, it's, it's connecting with people because it can be quite a lonely existence to be sat at home. Um, the top influencers, as we um, coined the term over here, have huge reach in China and are often referred to as big brother or big sister. Um, they, in essence, are sort of seen as a, uh, a valued member of an extended family. And therefore, when Big Sister recommends a lipstick brand, brand um, to the audience of followers, invariably they will all go out and buy that lipstick brand. Um, so the, you know, the role of influence in China is really, really important. So it's almost going back to the core essence of what social media you know, is ideologically and you know, it's playing out that way. Seems to be, yeah. seems to be. And again, it, you know, testament to just how far it's taken hold and, and why these uh, you know, WeChat, Tencent and others and the, their platforms have become true platforms um, because people were spending a ton amount of time on them just from a social interaction perspective um, increasingly using it to message one another um, but then in those markets they're added in a lot more value um, by payments, micropayments uh, linking your services all within the messenger experience uh, which you know, is, is very different to what we have here but increasingly where you see things like Facebook trying to move us. So Justin, any um, parting thoughts for anyone thinking about attending Rise next year? Uh, go, um, I, I would say. Uh, great event, you'll meet loads of people, a very friendly, um, outgoing uh, community that want to sort of meet and exchange opinions and ideas. Hong Kong is a nuts but, but very fun city as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd expect next year there'll be bigger businesses going to be some quite interesting you know, IPOs in the Hong Kong market and American market coming out of China these next few years and we'll be uh, looking to China to get more of our thought leadership in this space.
brilliant. Justin, thank you so much for coming in and um, just sharing your, your thoughts and experiences. Great to be here. Um, it was really, really interesting and useful. And thank you everyone for listening and hopefully see you again next time. Thank you.